Welcome to Brand Saving the Planet. I'm Kelly Rogan, and this is the podcast where we talk to startup founders working to make this world a better place, to learn from their journey and help you grow your own impact startup. All right, welcome back. We are at episode two, where we're going to be diving into um, the role of investing to solve climate change. So we're here with Breen, who is the VP of Strategy and Marketing at Carbon Collective. And I want to hand it right over to you to dive into, you know, really, I think it'd be great to start off with just kind of with a basic definition of what is sustainable investing. I know a lot of us are investing, whether it's just for retirement or investing as a hobby. Um, I know during climate change, I'm um, sorry, climate change has been going on for a long time. <laughs> during the pandemic, people have gotten very into investing. And so kind right. of, can you give us kind of a breakdown of what is sustainable investing versus traditional investing? Right. So um, I, there's a lot of different variations on what sustainable investing is, right? And, and there's a lot of opacity, right? And some of it is deliberate and some of it is just, you know, greenwashing or garbage or whatever. So, um, so for us at Carbon Collective, sustainable investing is an investing in a way in which we can help solve climate change and create a better world. And that is, that is like a fairly simple way to think about it like initially, but it gets into like a lot of complexities. Um, and the reason why we, we focused on investing is because um, there, there's two things. Um, one is if you look at the resources like Project Drawdown, it's very clear that we have the technology to solve the majority of the problems. Like how exciting is that? Mm-hmm. The infuriating thing is it makes you realize that it's now a collective will problem. It's no longer like, do we have the technology? Can we do this? No, we can do this. Do we want to do it? Mm-hmm. And so when you look at human will right, and collective human will, there are like different pathways to help galvanize that. And this is something that our, like our, our co-founders really thought through. And, you know, so like the obvious one is political. Political will is really important. Um, you know, mass demonstrations, like nonviolent protests, um, you know, trying to get arrested to draw attention. Um, you know, I mean, it can there's a whole bunch of ways to do it. Like engaging with your congressperson, there's a bunch of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is also um, religious. Um, do you want to start a church, you know, mm-hmm. or a temple or a faith um, that can help tell a story around values and morals and, and behaviors to help like solve climate change? That could be mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next way is money. You know, my, money is... Eh, is one of the ways in which we have a lot of collective behavior and there are ways in which we can collectify collectivize action mm-hmm. through money. Um, and so the reason why we picked investing was it, like, it was something that a lot of people were bumping up against, like myself, like I was very much somebody that couldn't find a very good option that had a theory of change of like, how do we invest, you know, sustainably? And there weren't good options to me. And like investing is a belief statement in the future. So it's like collectivized action that is looking at a belief statement in the future. Like we, we mm. talk about this a lot of like, we're investing for retirement. A lot of us are, you know, around, you know, who are listening on this 
show are probably 25 to 45 or 50, right? Like mm-hmm. we're in the middle of our careers. We're looking at retiring. So like maybe we're thinking about retirement from 2040 to 2060, right? 2070, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what is that retirement going to look like yeah. if we don't solve climate change? Yep. Pretty, pretty bad. Really bad. <laughs> like it's going to be really bad. Um, so it's like, are we investing in the world we actually want to retire into? That's an interesting viewpoint. You have never really thought about it in that perspective, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And so if we're investing, if we continue to invest in fossil fuels, if we continue to invest in Chevron and Axon, and then like these dirty energy companies, like, is that really what we want our future to look like? Mm-hmm. And so our answer at Carbon Collective is no, we don't want that future. It's a bad technology. It's more expensive. It creates fewer jobs. And it just happens to cause like one of the largest catastrophes humanity has ever faced, in addition to all those other bad things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we're going to invest sustainably, um, you know, our belief is that you you can invest in fossil fuels. Right. Um, There Mm -hmm. there is actually a counter argument out there um, that we don't obviously don't agree with, um, which is that to leverage shareholder advocacy to engage with these companies. And, you know, so if you you know, a big one is um, engine number one. They got some um, board seats on um, like a major fossil fuel company. Huge win. Great story, right? But what actual change does it do, right? Like Chevron and Exxon are making, you know, billions of dollars right now on high gas prices, right? They're not changing their strategy. They're not like reinvesting that into clean energy. They're doing it on, <laughs> on shareholder buybacks. So we just think it's really hard to convince a person like that to change. Um, so uh, Zach uses this example all the time, but it's like going to like, I mean, we're all in marketing, right? And so we know that you're trying to create demand, right? And if there's a shopkeeper with demand, it's a line out the door. And then you're like, you need to change your business model. And the guy's like, I got a line out the door. What are you talking about? Right. Like, that's not going to work. But so we believe that we need to go talk to the people in line and say, Hey, this place has terrible safety ratings, right? It's got rats in the kitchen. The food isn't good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're charging way too much. Right. Why don't you go to this place around the corner? It's got a better atmosphere. It's got a better environment. The food's better. It's tastier. It's healthier. Like they got an actual clean kitchen. And so like, we're trying to tell that story. So it's like about, you know, reinvesting in climate solutions, mm-hmm. you know, taking that, like um, that money that is invested normally in fossil fuels and reinvesting in climate solutions. And we do, we try to be as scientific as possible in terms of impact and not ESG. And I can go a little bit into that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but we look at what solutions are these companies building and how does that help us solve climate change? Mm-hmm. And this is where an organization like Project Drawdown, um, another one is like the International Energy Agency are so important for us because they're outlining solutions. Like, what do we need to build? We need to build like solar, wind, mm-hmm. electric vehicles, batteries, um, methane digesters, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, high efficiency uh, biofuels. We need to be building like wetlands restoration. You know, we need to be like retrofilling buildings. We need like, we need greater insulation. Um, like there's like, the list goes on and on and on and on. Right. So like we need to be building that. Well, guess what? Companies do that. 
Mm-hmm. So why don't we disproportionately invest in those companies? Yep. And so we our views to leverage our shareholder advocacy, both on those companies, as well as the ones in the middle. And this is, this is um, you know, the Costco's, the Amazon's, the Coca-Cola's, they're not solving climate change, the Google's, the Apple's, but they do use a lot of fossil fuels, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't need their core business. Um, like their core business is not threatened by going off fossil fuels. Yep. Right. Like, and then it's Apple, a triple effect. If they can make the switch and they outline how to make that switch, then all the other companies, you know, other beverage companies that are smaller, that they may not have like the funds to make right. a switch themselves and kind of pave the path. But if these larger companies can, then other ones are going to follow suit because that's the most sustainable and, and in the end profitable way to move forward with our depleted resources. Right. Right. So it's like, I mean, these places actually have the money to invest in these changes. Mm-hmm. Um, it is good for their brand. It's typically good for business. What we're seeing right now is like an interesting place in which um, solar um, batteries, electric vehicles, they're they're reaching um, and achieving and passing um, cost par- like lifetime cost parity. You know, mm-hmm. so it the, the the problem is it requires an upfront investment to like achieve the, that return on investment. So there is an upfront price to pay, but these bigger companies can pay that and they, it will be better for their pocketbooks over the long time to have, and it's actually deflationary, right? We're in an inflationary environment, but if you buy a solar panel for like set a series of solar panels for your house right now, and you take out a loan, you're going to be locked into that payment for 20 years on that loan, right? Which can sound scary, but it also means like that payment's not changing. You know exactly what it's going to be, mm-hmm. right? And so you don't have to worry about inflation from that energy source anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you're charging your electric vehicle, like on solar panels, like you're no longer, you no longer have to go to the gas station, right? And get hit mm-hmm. by those $7 you know, a gallon gas fees, right? Mm-hmm. And so the more that like big institutions and in, like individuals can do that, the more we are dramatically reducing demand for fossil fuel companies mm-hmm. and increasing the demand um, for renewable energy companies. And it's really important to do this, but it has to happen with investment. And so like Project Drawdown, they just released a report a couple months ago called Climate Solutions at Work. And they had a very key graph, at least for us, which like, elucidated like the climate solutions gap or the climate investment gap, mm-hmm. we're investing globally of around $600 billion a year in climate solutions. But we need to invest at least like $5.2 trillion a year in climate solutions. Mm-hmm. And, and so like how, do we, like, how do we go about doing that? Now there's a number of ways we can have the government do that. We can have large institutions do that, but we believe it needs to be a bottom-up movement, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's value in lots of people changing mm-hmm. their behaviors to do this, to, to saying, and so like at Carbon Collective, we started with individuals. We have these portfolios that disproportionately invest in climate solutions. They're still like geared to be retirement-based. They're still using best principles of investing. Um, low fee, like high, highly diversified, um, competitive performing, because one of the things that we've also seen is, you know, in this COVID bump of stock picking, there's been a lot of mean stocks. Like that has so so much volatility in your portfolio, like the price of it goes up and down all the time. Mm -hmm. And that is not good for long-term investors, right? So if you're trying to invest in a way that is good for retirement, like that is what we wanted to create, not just like 
a good solar stock, you know, like or solar ETF that you could pick that plays like a small role in your portfolio. It's like, how can you have a whole portfolio? You can roll over your 401k from your old job. We'll do the legwork. We'll make it super easy for you. Um, mm-hmm. And you put that money and you know that it's going to be in a fund that you can't touch until 59 and a half. So you don't have to worry about it, but you don't want it to be, um, you know, in like high risk stuff. And so it's put away, you know, let's say you're, you're 35 and, you know, so you're looking at, you know, almost 25 years ahead of time. It's, it's a good way to invest, mm-hmm. right? It, it's using best principles of, of, of investing that have been established by like the likes of like Jack Bogle and like applying them to like a more system thing, systems thinking around how to solve this. And so mm-hmm. that that's where uh, sustainable investing is really good. And then now we've offered it for businesses. So any businesses that have mm-hmm. 401ks, Okay. Um, and we're really excited about this because this is oftentimes the first place that people have an yep. experience with investing mm-hmm. is like they get a good job. They're like excited that it has a 401k. They get a little bit of payment into their 401k. And how can we like, so like we have free education and sustainable and like for finances and sustainable investing, the finance is kind of an interesting one. We're just seeing a blocker be for a lot of people. They like, no one was ever taught about how to invest right? There's no codified approach in the United States. They're starting to, there's like, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a, like a dozen or so states that have implemented laws on mandatory financial literacy, right? Um, Which is a really good step. But most people like, we're not taught about like compound investing. They were not taught about, you know, or compound interest. They were not taught about um, 401ks. They're not taught about how to do their taxes. Maybe they were taught in like a home ec class, like how to balance Mm -hmm. their checkbook. So we have that. So people can feel more comfortable around their investing as well as an approach to sustainable investing, which Hmm. we believe is, you know, it, it, we believe it like the future is now and needs to happen. But we also believe that it is going to be the smarter way to invest. Yeah. Um, from a performance standpoint. So one of the things that we like to like, there's like aspects that we like to highlight in sustainable investing, which is, um, you know, when you look at the fossil fuel industry, it's not a great, it hasn't provided very good returns in the last 10 years. Um, so if you look at the coal index from 2010 to 2021, it dropped 99%. That's a bad investment. Yep. If you had a hundred thousand dollars in the coal index, you would have a thousand dollars after 11 years. That sucks. (laughs) You know, and then when you look at um, like the energy index, which includes like um, a lot of gas, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, their stocks have done great in the last year. But if you look over the last 10 years, they're really only returning about a 1% interest, you know, 1% return Mm -hmm. over the last 10 years. I mean, it depends on the day. Like today, it's like June 23rd, um, you know, 2022. So it's like there's a different time frame depending on when someone else might look at it. But that is the same amount you get in like an okay savings account. Yep. <laughs> like that's the level of investment. That's not a good, in, that's not a good investment. No. And it's trending the wrong way. It's got policy headwinds. You know, it's got consumer demand headwinds. Mm-hmm. They, they're already seeing demand destruction. So fewer people are like, you know, going um, to the gas stations you know, buying, uh, buying uh, internal combustion cars, right? Mm-hmm. Who wants to buy an internal combustion car when you see $7 gas prices? I know. No one. It's a terrible technology. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, let's have a tiny explosion in the front of my car, you know, and have it cost <laughs> a lot of money and be really smelly and mm-hmm. contribute to the largest crisis that humanity has ever faced. Mm-hmm. Like that seems like a bad value proposition, right? Like, yes. you know, so it's like, we're already seeing that, but if you look on the other side, so it's like, not just that it is like, we see it as a bad investment, but it's also that, um, the flip side is it really looks really good and promising. We like, you know, we think investing in exponentially growing industries is a great place to invest, right? Mm-hmm. Wind, solar, batteries, electric vehicles, they're all exponentially growing, which is hard at the beginning, right? Because when you go from like, you know, 10% growth on, you know, less than 1% of market share means like you get to like 1.10%. You know, mm-hmm. um, so it doesn't feel like a lot at the beginning, but we're at a stage where it's rapidly growing. It's eating into market share. Mm-hmm. That's something that you're looking at. Oh, we need to have a massive transition in the energy, like in energy usage over the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. So we have all this runway and it's established technology and people are choosing it. Like that is just like a classically good place to invest. Yep. And so what it comes to right now as well is like, this is also a unique time, right? This is one of the, like we, we view this as one of the best times in history to, to divest mm-hmm. because fossil fuels have performed so poorly, you know, over the last 10 years until the last year. So it's like, it's a total sell high moment for oil. Yeah. Like you can actually like get out of it to your financial gain and get into renewables in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I mean, this is, this is where we feel like this is a great moment. Anybody that has been putting this off, I mean, like the oil is starting to come or has been starting to come back down. You, you, we never know where it's going to go over the short term. You know, past performance is no guarantee of future returns. Like uh-huh. that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are seeing that like that top may have hit. It, it's a possibility that that, that top may have hit. Mm-hmm. And so if there was a good time to get out uh, of oil, like it, it's, it could be right now. It very mm-hmm. could, very well could be right now. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at this, like we have this theory of change, but like we don't want to stop here. You know, so it's like, this is not the end product. We're not just going to, you know, because like we're early stage, we're um, in, like we've been around for two years. So we have a lot of things that we want to accomplish, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're, you know, there's some simple things that we haven't done yet. We haven't launched our app yet. Um, it's very complex in the investing world to launch it like a good app, but we spent most of our time using existing technologies and building it around, um, the types of things that we think matter more, um, creating a, like a really interesting, uh, like an impactful, sustainable portfolio. We felt like it was more valuable and communicating it were the the two Mm -hmm. most important things Mm -hmm. so that once we did those, those two things, well, then we could start to build the app that would create like kind of harness the experience. So we haven't Mm -hmm. even built the app, but we do have like a good app right now, a good custodian that we work with. We have good, um, you know, good re- relationships there, whether it's like for your company or for your in- like for an individual. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this first stage is really important because sustainable investing is one of those things where like the, the story of sustainable investing is so important. Yeah. Um, I think we need to change our perspective because I've, on previous episodes, we talk a lot about how sometimes people look at these either these investments or, um, or just the brands that are more sustainable almost as like 
you know, charity, but we really need to flip mm. it and say, this is just good business. Like we evolve, you know, technology has grown. The internet has grown, you know, not because it's charity, because it works and because it's good, you know, it's good for business. We have to be more digital. Um, and this yeah. is something that, you know, I think more and more we're starting to see, it, you know, the perspective change and businesses change, individuals change, and then who we're voting into office, you know, needs to come. For up sure. To for sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of things that I could respond to right there, but I think the core one that I want to latch onto first is that this is not charity, right? This is just a smart way to, to do business to live, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Like it is not smart to build a business model that, that, that eliminates our ability to live on our, the only planet that we're capable of living on. That's a bad business model, mm-hmm. right? And, and so what we're seeing is like, now on the flip side, we have some opinions is like, we want to reduce as many barriers as possible. So like our fee structure is really competitive and oftentimes more competitive than other places. Mm-hmm. You know, so like if you go to a traditional financial advisor, you know, it could be 1% to manage your assets. Um, some robos, it's like, 25, like it's a quarter of a percent to sometimes like uh, a little higher than that. And so we're down in that area of being a quarter percent mm-hmm. um, in terms of fees. Right. Mm-hmm. And we view this as like, we're not trying to charge the green premium. We see, we're seeing places that are mm-hmm. charging more money for a green product because people know that's a smart thing to do. But we also see that as a barrier for larger adoption. Right. Yeah. If you're charging more money, there's going to be a certain amount of people that just can't afford that. And so we're, we're trying to come out here and have a really aggressive approach on how to reduce as many barriers as possible while still like, while still making this business like financially sustainable as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, we're always thinking, improve the impact, you know, improve like the scale. And that takes like finances. Um, mm-hmm. Because when we see this, um, we see, right, like our view is that we, we see a company that could be like the like a Vanguard or Charles Schwab or Fidelity, but is focused on climate, and has mm-hmm. and has used this massive massive challenge to help redefine it and like a complete industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I do kind of want to throw a wild card out there just because I know yeah. it has been something that you know in the world of investing, I think there's been a lot. You know, during the pandemic, we've all been at home. We're more on our mm-hmm. devices. There's been a lot of celebrity talk about you know crypto sure. and this and that. And I know crypto like notoriously is not great for the environment because it uses so much energy um, to mine and all that. Mm-hmm. But just kind of curious, like what's your take on crypto? And if you think that there's a place for crypto within sustainable investing. Yeah. Yeah. So I will, I will give you a caveat, which is I'm still learning about this myself. And I think everyone is, if they're we being are. honest, even the ones right? that are making it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. No, I think it. So one, one of the things that I've seen is, um, so I'll, I'll answer in short. This is, this is of debate inside my own company. We do this thing on Fridays where we do bearish or bullish. Um, <laughs> and we ask questions and this one has come up before. Mm-hmm. Um, I am bullish on the future of crypto. Um, I think it may look radically different than what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the environment, mental impact. And so I also, in full disclosure, do not invest in crypto at all, right? Yeah. Um, for a lot of reasons that I can go into that. Um, but I, I do think that it will have a long-term future. When we're looking at crypto, um, I, I want to address the environmental impacts first. So mm-hmm. my understanding is that the mining... Um, you know, is really energy intensive. 
And the type of work that we may see a transition to, you know, make this, make the blockchain, you know, record um, the ledger well is like a difference in proof of work versus proof of stake. And that there will be a transition from proof of work to proof of stake, which will dramatically reduce um, the energy, uh, like the energy usage around mining. I do still think it doesn't get rid of it altogether. Um, so there, there is going to be an issue there. Um, in terms of like the capabilities, there's some really interesting places that are looking at like how to think about it. And the use case, what we've seen so far is around carbon credits. Um, mm. And carbon credits are basically buying up um, how much reduced carbon people have had and creating like a, like a store of value for it to be able to sell it later. Um, and there's some really interesting things like I read on carbon plan, like looking at like how, cause getting into carbon credits gets really hard. Cause this, how do you, like, how well can you measure, you know, how much reductions you have, you know? So like just the accuracy, uh, the permanence, how long does those reductions happen? If you build the forest, right. And that forest burns down, you lose all those emissions, you know, the em emission savings. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, so it's like looking like, is it additional to what is there or are they just capturing? There's a, there was like a, um, like some questioning into JP Morgan's relationship with the nature conservancy in which they mm -hmm. were doing carbon credits that were basically giving them credit for an existing forest. I think it was in like Pennsylvania. And so like, should you be re like in some ways, like you want to reward existing uh, forests so that they're protected, but like, is that where we want to start? And like, for me, that feels like BS feels like greenwashing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, and so when like, I look into this, it just seems really hard to navigate. And, and that is one of the main reasons why I haven't gotten into it yet is it doesn't feel like it's been additive in value. That said, you could see a world in which somebody has created a crypto token that monetizes the ability to uh, protect like large areas of rainforest, right? Mm -hmm. Now, it will still have the, the, like, the aspect of like being able to keep that, like is that credit kept in perpetuity? Or are they going to retire it? Because if you're selling it later, it means that you will you will not get to um, say you reduce your emissions by this like this much money. Yeah. Right. Um, it means that you will be um, forfeiting that for profit. You'll be selling that ability for someone else to say it. And yeah. so it's like why it's really important to retire emission like carbon credits. Mm -hmm. um, and that's. I mean, if you read Charles Eisenstein, he's got a theory on the way in which we start to go into the future of money and the economy. Mm -hmm. And he, he has a concept around demurrage um, and around investing as being something that you do give back. And against Eisenstein's model, like, like retiring carbon offsets could be a really cool way, but it would not be building your own wealth. Mm. So when I, and I, I bring up Eisenstein because I think of like, when you're getting into crypto, you're getting into the future, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're getting into like a new asset. And it seems like there could be really interesting applications, especially as um, 
there are some models that are looking at um, human populations peaking between nine and 10 billion and some stabilize and some come back down. But we've never lived in an economy where it you haven't had population growth. Mm. Right? Yeah. So how is the economy going to function? We may need to rethink you know, how things work. Like, mm-hmm. do we want an interest-based lending economy? Because that creates a lot of the boom and bust cycles. It creates a lot of like that anxiety to continue to build. Mm-hmm. Is that what we need? You know, in uh, Eisenstein's argument is that we need to go to a negative interest rate. So it means it costs you money to keep your money in the bank. Mm. This is a totally different concept. Yeah. And in that world, I could see crypto playing like a really interesting place to be like a proof concept of like investing in an area to help like radically improve it. Yeah. Um, I also have not invested in it because it's such a concentrated form of wealth um, and is highly volatile. And like, I mean, you've just seen the performance this year where it's like dropped over 50%, right? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, and it and it's like looking at one stock, right? Like it, I think of it more like one stock than I think of it like as a total yeah. asset class, yeah. you know, because there's so many tokens out there. Um, you know, there, I mean, there's, I mean, there's stuff on the 2KM protocol, there's Solana, you know, there's the standards like Ethereum and, and Bitcoin, mm-hmm. you know, there's stupid Dogecoin, which like keeps existing, you know, but you have like, um, you like, you're having problems in some of the stable coin markets too. So I have not invested yeah. for those reasons. Um, I am always a little skeptical of get rich quick scams, but it oh, seems yeah. like there is a concept that could have a really rigorous framework. The technology mm-hmm. around blockchain is super interesting. The way it's going to apply to like contracts, I think is yeah, super the interesting. Contracts, I like that that idea. You know, so like I think there's a big future in it. I just don't know if it's going to look like what it looks like now. Yeah. Um, and so that's why me personally, why I haven't put any money into it. Um, but I could see, I, I can see a world in which we start to see some companies create these things. Um, you know, I've been advising uh, another company called Clear, and they're in a sustainability, um, they're in a su- sustainable su- supply chain, and largely around hemp, right? Mm. And so they're looking at hemp is one. It, hemp is almost like kelp, but on land. Um, and this is like an ocean-based person. Um, you know, so it's like if you're looking at the way that hemp can be really durable, have a lot of additionality, can grow fat. Maybe there's a place there. Um, uh, I, I don't, I don't know though yet. Like I'm, I'm really enjoying like talking to those guys, but I'm also like one of these people that is, you know, try, like I'm still trying to understand how that like this part of the carbon credit market model works. So I know that was uh, a sideways question. So I gave you a little bit of a sideways, sideways answer. Um, <laughs> it was not completely conclusive. And so if anybody's but like, it's not, I think we're all, you, you know, it makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that it, like, if I were to like make it as conclusive as possible, I, I would still have like very baseline, like long-term investing strategy and create right. a small part of your allocation. If you really believe in, um, in, in crypto, uh, but like have it be like five or 10%, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? It's not a huge stake of your long-term wealth, yep. right? And then have like the more traditional, more reliable, um, like highly diversified approach, which has been shown to be um, the most effective, especially matched against investor behavior, where you can set it down, forget it. Like that's the feature, not the, 
you know, like that's a feature of it. It's not a bug, right? Like you can just mm-hmm. pop it down, have that portfolio. And as well for impact, like if you have an impactful portfolio, it's one of those like things that's not becoming vegetarian or vegan, which like I did and I'm glad I did, but it's like, like you have to do it every day. Yeah. Investing, you really don't have to do it once, right? Yeah. And then yeah. maybe contribute mm-hmm. to your account. And so it's like, a, it's one of those things that is, an easier single thing. It's a little annoying because a lot of people don't have that much experience with financial uh, yeah. literacy and education. Um, and it's like, it's like uncomfortable, right? But yeah. if you do it, it's scary. like, a, yeah, it's scary, right? You know, so it's like, because it's like, oh, I could lose money, you know, and that's true. But mm-hmm. it's like, historically, investing has been like one of the best ways to build wealth, whether mm-hmm. you do it in the market or with real estate or whatever. And you can use it to create change. So I want to I want to wrap up here and kind of mm-hmm. help again, you know, lots of concepts here. I want to kind of help mm-hmm. our listeners to figure out like what could be some good first steps. I know you guys have a, it looks like a really great um, guide to sustainable investing um, yeah. on your guys' website. So would you say that might be a good first step for somebody who's interested in, in jumping into sustainable investing, but hasn't taken the, the leap yet? I think it's a great step. I mean, it, it's a commitment. It's a book length project, um, mm-hmm. but you will learn a lot about the way in which investing can help solve climate change, why it's important in your retirement account, why we think it's going to outperform. Um, you, you can look at like comparisons and portfolios. We have a whole breakdown on just like, you know, financial literacy, as well as like, you know, why we need to do this now. So like, mm-hmm. it's a great place to go look. Um, I'll give you links for that. Um, if you, if you don't want to read something as large as that, cause it's like 30,000 words, it's like a short book. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like we also have a webinar that goes into more, mm-hmm. like goes into quite a bit of detail, but it's only like 35 minutes mm-hmm. and it's fairly comprehensive in approach. Um, so I would say like, those are two of the best things that, that we have to offer. Um, and then the last thing is like, look, investing is like a little, it can be a little uncomfortable for people, right? If you have questions, just talk to us. Like mm-hmm. I'll put my email in, but like we have a talk to a human button on pers- purpose on our website. So if you just like, if you're, if, if you have, like some people get like an emotional block around money and if yeah. you have that and you just want to have someone that's, that, that's really nice, you can talk to James or Mari, they'll, they'll have a call with you um, and then they'll walk you through it. Um, and like, we're happy to bring this to your business too. So like, if someone's like, I want this at my company, mm-hmm. um, we can talk you through like um, how to help at your company as well. So mm-hmm. those are the resources. Those are the ways we can help. Um, and I just like, I want to get as much money into climate solutions as possible. You know, I know exactly. a lot of other people do too. Yeah. And we all, we all want to feel like we're, we're, we're creating change and we're, you know, in the end, when you vote for elections, you're kind of stuck with who you chose, but when you're using your money, you know, I feel like you're, it's more of a more frequent vote with your dollar, right. Where you can actually really create that change and, and vote. Absolutely. On Absolutely. Just you want to see. So. And, and we're also big believers in like, you know, vote, call your congressperson, mm-hmm. do all that. Like we've like, you know, Carbon Collective, we've issued statements in support of passing Build Back Better. We believe that that plays in a really important role. So it's not an either or. And I want to make sure people are clear of that. But investing plays a, a really important role in helping solve climate change. Yeah. It's something you can do today. Absolutely. Well, wonderful. I think this was an amazing kind of crash course into sustainable investing. I think we have the expert here with us. And I'm sure a lot of listeners will be, you know, trying to reach out and 
and take the steps, me included, honestly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm one of those risk adverse, like I want to just print my money and put it under my Yeah, you want to put it mattress. under your bed, but then you yeah. look at inflation, you're like, oh, yeah, my yeah. money's worth like, so much less today than it was last year. Need to change Why your strategy. So much? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time and, and your amazing tips. And we look forward to more. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Brand Saving the World is an original podcast and Ola Impact production. Our host is Kelly Rogan, and we appreciate all feedback and podcast ideas sent to the email hello at olaimpact.com.